0: welcome to the wolverine digest podcast the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of michigan athletics
1: if you want open dialogue honest opinions and in-depth coverage of the Maize and blue, this is the podcast for you and now here's your host brandon brown joined as always by chris Breitler.
0: i'm just gonna start by saying go blue okay okay Three tries and I think we're rolling, Chris. I still see a green check mark next to the Facebook destination. I see a green Oh my God, spoke too soon. There it is.
1: Yep. No, nothing was coming up. I'm gonna put the link over there for those folks just so they can they can head on over here and then hopefully uh, you know, hopefully later on in the week we can get it get it resolved. Not ideal. I, I
0: I don't know what that is. I don't know why Facebook is like not working. That's never happened before, so well, for those of you tuning in on Twitter or on YouTube, which is going to be a much smaller number, we're ready to roll. And we do have a uh, we do have a good show. Luckily, this isn't like a fan led Wednesday. Uh, we've got a full show of, of our own segments and our own stuff that we're going to cover, including TFG, uh, including burning questions. And then we'll, you know, we'll continue to talk about some of the bigger topics that are going on right now. So that's a bummer, man. I mean, Facebook, obviously, we get a ton of interaction over there and I, yeah. I don't. I don't understand why that's not working. That's never happened before. So um, I I don't even know if it's something we can add. I'll I'll continue to try to add it, Chris, if if that's like I can I can go in and add it repeatedly. But if for some reason, Facebook is just not connecting to it. So,
1: yeah, that's wild. That's wild anyway we'll make it work we'll roll with it we'll roll with it hopefully i got got the link out i got the link out on facebook and so yeah i I was just gonna say so if you're on the facebook page click the link but i can't even talk to those people right now so hopefully they'll they'll make their way on over here
0: yeah there it is i'm gonna screenshot that chris so you can see it i know the facebook side of things is is uh is your deal but it yeah i that's it's just flat out not working man
1: so that's a bummer
0: dude I, 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 I'd like to get that fixed at some point, obviously, but for right now yeah. it, Gotta is let what it, roll. it is. and we'll put the video up afterwards and it'll, it'll 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 be living elsewhere, but that is a bummer that it's not working on Facebook so yeah. um well, Chris, obviously the game was a few days ago now at this point it, it was it, it was very lopsided it went quite differently than I thought it was going to We'll get into that you know when we get going here with my revisiting my predictions. Um, but as the dust has settled now, we made it through a, a hectic weekend. We had an incredible tailgating spot, huge shout outs to our sponsors, Wolverine State Brewing Company, Mediascapes, the Michigan Army National Guard, every one of our buddies that was out there, my dad, uh, your wife. I mean, it was a, it was an all hands on deck kind of experience and, uh, it, was. it went, it went off without a hitch. So obviously you can mention anything you want from that, but also the game dude, now that we're a few days removed from it. I mean, have you had some time to digest michigan moves up a spot in the ap rankings obviously alabama falls out of there what do you what are you thinking right now man seven weeks in seven games in
1: a lot of thoughts a lot of thoughts first first just starting with uh with the tailgate and what uh what an incredible experience that was from from start to finish i know that you know from our side it was you know there was somewhat of a risk there and not really sure what the turnout was going to be and how it was going to go and man it you know the people came through it was you know the vibe was great you had uh you know braylon edwards stop by for a minute and get on the command center and play uh, play a fan in mortal Kombat. um and then we just you know it, it it was just a uh i thought it was a great event and it's really nice to be able to you know meet the people that you interact with on here you know you get to know the names or the little profile pictures or the handles or whatever and and, and when you meet people in uh in real life and get to have those conversations. It did. It felt like just a big family, a big community. And I was very appreciative of the whole deal. And once again, Chris Fields coming through in a big, big way, big, big way. But yeah, man, it was uh, in terms of the tailgate, man, it's, it's hard to beat uh, that experience. Something I'll, I'll remember definitely for the rest of my life. That was a cool afternoon.
0: No doubt about it. Shout out to Chris Fields. He's become one of the more generous givers on the site here. Um, <laughs> for the pod struggling, it is it is real. The pod struggle is real right yeah. now. Yeah, CJ um, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <Frazier laughs> under his government name. <laughs> oh, Claude Claude
0: Fraser. That might be my favorite thing that's happened from this. Uh, oh, you no, know, we, we've come to discover. We have come to discover that. There is often a silver lining in everything. You know, we, you know, we, yeah. the, the, the tailgate spot we had this weekend was a bit of a silver lining. Yep. Um, finding out that CJ's name was Claude by having the Facebook page messed That's up. That's up there.
1: That's, That's up, up there.
0: there. Um, yeah, yep. Chris Field, you're right, man. I mean, Michigan is essentially sponsoring Big Noon Kickoff all by itself now. So tune in for the bye week this week. Um, yep. Yeah. So thank you for the donation, Chris, as always. Hold on. He's got he's
1: got more there. Lastly, uh, he's asking about some merch, still trying to find a way oh, to, physically, yeah. to get to Ann Arbor. Here's the deal. Um, I went back to the command center today, went through some of the merchandise. And the good news for the folks out there is we we sold a lot, but we've got quite a bit left. And so I think we're going to try to work out a situation here this week where we're going to open it up and let you guys order it. And, and and we'll handle the orders and we'll get them shipped out to you individually. We'll go old school like I used to do. Um, but certainly, you know, the Beat State shirts, I mean, I to me, I, you guys got to get those. And so there's, there's plenty left. And I know a lot of people have inquired about the merchandise. And so I'll put out on the Facebook page um, in the coming days, probably tomorrow, a way that you guys can go on and order and we'll get that facilitated.
0: There you have it. CJ, I'm sure you have seen the movie Life. Do you do you love the scene when Martin Lawrence remembers that his name is Claude and he yells it out loud? I just figured you'd probably be into that scene. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right. Oh goodness. Next thing on the line, Chris. We I got a couple like smaller topics just to throw out there at you, and then we'll get into TFG. Then we'll do predictions. Then we'll do
1: yeah
0: yeah. Finish with burning questions. You feel good about that?
1: I feel great about it.
0: Jordan Poole got the freaking bag, dude.
1: Yeah, he got paid.
0: Four years, 140 million, 140 million dollars, fresh off of getting cold cocked by his own teammate. a lot of people probably were like, <laughs> well, that means Draymond Green's probably gone. Well, Draymond Green has a player option, so he he makes the decision on whether he's coming back or not, which obviously he's going to. Uh, but dude, I mean, like Jordan Poole, what what a like what a climb. I mean, you yeah. know, this is a guy they took him in the first round, later in the first round. I remember a lot of people were saying like the biggest reach in several years in the NBA draft and, you know, horrible takes on how he was going to be as a pro and I mean, dude, <laughs> 35 million a year is not generational, bad lately, generational wealth changing his entire family's trajectory from here on out, dude. That is big big time money for JP
1: yeah. And then I remember that, you know, I remember when he came out and, and even a lot of people within the the Michigan fan base said it's too early. He's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. And he bet on himself and man, yeah, maybe that speaks to a little bit why Draymond was a little bit so salty because there's, there's not a, you know, there's only so much money to go around and Jordan Poole just took a, a large chunk of it and deservedly. So man, he's become such a integral part of that team and, and, you know, their, their goals of, of, you know, making a long playoff run. And so, Congrats to him, man. There were doubters. I I can't remember what analyst it was, but he literally said, like, this was one of the worst picks like the Warriors could have made, and it turns out uh, it was anything but. So congratulations to him. Always happy to see Michigan guys secure the bag in the pro level. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean. uh, That's a big contract, dude. (laughs) I'm trying to wrap my mind around what it would be like to make that kind of money (laughs) each year, and I just can't get there. I can't get there. As good as
0: he's been, I'm not sure I would have. Pre- predicted it to be that that no. lucrative, but no more power to him. And he, you know, yeah. he grinded, dude. I mean, he was a G League guy his rookie season, and then the next year he kind of got into the rotation. And you know, after uh, we hold up, back hold to-
1: up, hold up, hold up. I think the Facebook feed is live now. Do we have a green it check is. over there?
0: It is. Yeah. I left it up there and just let it ride and I was going to let it do what it does. And now it looks like it's back. So hopefully Beautiful. Becomes... people are jumping in from Facebook. If you're here now, you haven't missed much. We talked about Jordan Poole getting a big contract. We talked about the RV situation this past weekend. We talked about a little bit of the, the, the beat down that was of Michigan's 41, 17 win over penn state so happy to have everybody from facebook over here now uh yes. looks like it's it's working for i have no idea what that was i didn't touch anything i'm not they're sure here, they're,
1: good, but they are showing up they're showing up. i don't know man it just started working oh, listen but but the the thing that the facebook crew missed is we did touch on uh we touched on the 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 tremendous tailgate that we had this weekend yes. and i know there's a lot of people from the facebook page who came through Um, again, once again, it was just an incredible experience and I can't express how appreciative I am of everybody that came and hung out. And I, I said it to a lot of you guys in person, but I'll say it again. Like this, this whole group is the reason why we're able to do stuff like that and and make it a success. And so our hope, and and I've been working the phones for most of the afternoon, trying to make it happen and get us right back where we were before. And I'm feeling pretty confident that if we're not right in that lot, we're going to be about 10 feet to the right. So just stick with us. I know people are curious where we're going to be. Obviously, Michigan State is a big game, but our goal is to be, once again, uh, posted up right outside of the big house in, in uh, almost spitting distance from the big yeah. house. Not that you would spit towards the big house, but you get the idea.
0: So the turnout was fantastic. We had thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and uh, continue. To got, continue. A little,
1: got a little uh, – little tipsy there i will say that i was walking in i was walking in to shoot photos and usually i'm in the stadium about two hours ahead of time you know we we typically try to get there two hours ahead of time you go up to the press box to try to get your bearings i get out on the field i get some pre-game shots the stadium's mostly empty at that point this was the first time that i had ever walked in basically as they were coming out you know ready to yeah. run out of the tunnel and uh Walking into a full stadium in that environment, you know, the maze out environment, and you got a little bit of the uh the Woodson whiskey running through your veins. I was uh that was that was a tough transition to make from from being party guy for most of the morning to uh okay, now I gotta squat down and start taking some photos here.
0: I was a little chatty. I was a little chatty in the press box, but you know, I I did you seek seek out John Bacon?
1: Did you seek out the baconator?
0: I did not see the Baconator this time, but uh, you know it, it all came together, and obviously the game was incredible. And John Patrick, listen, our boy Zach did make it out just fine in terms of his well-being as a Penn State fan.
1: How about that? Uh, having the terms, boys do the show for us, incredible. In
0: terms of in terms of alcohol consumption,
1: okay, yeah,
0: it's yeah. debatable on whether or not he made it out okay. I mean, he's with well. us still, but
1: <laughs> we, we, certainly- weren't, we
0: weren't sure for a while. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to. put He certainly Zach had a off. night
1: out. Listen, he he had a rough afternoon, obviously for a Penn State fan. That was that was tough sledding, and uh, I think I think he was just trying to drown his sorrow away in, in alcohol. And he certainly accomplished that mission as we went out later that evening. So shout out to our boy Zach. He's always a good time, and uh, you can usually bet count on at least one blackout opportunity with uh, with Mister Zach in the house. Love it,
0: absolutely. Well, that's some hand gestures. Also I'd be th- I think we'd be remiss if we didn't throw a quick MVP shout out to Mr. one Nicholas Hennege. Yeah. The dude yeah. stepped in and did the show for us. Yep. And then he also took it upon himself to climb up on top of the RV and place the antenna so that we could get the Fox channels on our on our TV as we had multiple people who didn't get a ticket to go to the game so they obviously wanted to stay back and watch on TV. At first, we weren't able to get the channels. Hennigy climbed up there, made it happen. Just an all-around great day. Jared Andrus out there cleaning up and helping out. My dad, yeah. as always, carrying stuff. I mean, doing whatever. The Army National Guard guys were out there doing what they did. And I mean, how, about
1: just- my, how about my wife, Mrs. Winged Helmet, man, man in the RV, slinging merchandise, making, you know, wheeling and dealing. I think, you know, there were a couple people that stopped by that were just interested in what we do and wanted to see how they could get involved. And I was you know, passing those conversations along to her. And so, yeah, again, going back to what I said, it just, it felt like a, you know, there's only two of us that, that really do this now three with my wife helping with the sponsorships, but it felt like it was a big family. It felt like it was a big team. Like we had a big group of people behind us, man. And it was, uh, I don't know what the tailgates are going to look like in the future, but that, that morning, that afternoon is something I'll never forget, man. That was a really cool experience.
0: So there you go. All right, Chris, I'm going to give you a very, very short lead-in, and then you're going to speak. It's short, if you want, but you can expand on it as much as you want. You ready? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Michigan, Michigan State, 7:30 p.m.
1: I absolutely love it. I love it. We've, we've been, we've been. Uh, <laughs> hey, Holly Reaver. Do we just skip Holly. out? Go straight to Holy Reaver. Oh yeah. So I maybe Holly that's Reaver. not a,
0: not a her. Possibly. All right. Holly as a Reaver. Michigan State fan. Oh, this okay. This is clearly a play on on the whole Valenti, uh, <laughs> the whole Valenti angle. I had to read it. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I giving a troll a platform right now? But no. As a Michigan State fan, I would rather lose a rivalry game and learn about my team than win. Just look at Michigan. They learned. <laughs> Solid enough. comment.
1: Solid. Yeah. Comment. I mean, we've been talking about, about all. Michigan right now. uh, yeah. I, You know, I, I will admit, I was listening to the to the show this afternoon, and he is. He has now gotten himself to a place where he believes it's either Michigan or Ohio State that's winning the national championship this year. And so bold statement from him, but, uh, you know, uh, take it for what you will. It's Mike Valeni. He's kind of, you know, he he does what he does, so I don't really put too much stock into it. But in terms of the Michigan State game being a 730 game, I absolutely love it, man. I, I, you know, I know that a lot of people were saying, well you know, what about the alcohol and the rivalry? And it's just too much to let, you know, people do this all the time around college football and it should yeah. happen here. I mean, this is a, you know, I, I get that Michigan state is dog shit this year. I get it, but they're probably going to give Michigan at least a tough game for the first half. And I think that this is a game that should be played in primetime. Jim Harbaugh is Owen two against Mel Tucker. The Michigan Wolverines look like they're on a pathway towards a big 10 championship um college football playoff spot and you know possibly with a real shot to win it all after you look at you know teams like tennessee and alabama and even georgia has looked suspect at times i feel like it's it's wide open this year for michigan to go on a solid run and, and really make a serious run at a national championship and so you know for the wolverines harbaugh zero two against mel tucker Obviously, Paul Bunyan has been out of Ann Arbor for a long time. I love that this game is in primetime on ABC, and I feel like Michigan is going to come out and really try to make a point with the way that they play this game. I think that there's been, and I've said it before, a lot of talk coming out of East Lansing during the offseason. They thought they were going to be something. Turns out they're not much of anything, and Michigan looks like the Big Ten bully, and I think they're going to slap them around for a few hours in the evening, and I'm very much looking forward to watching it
0: feels like it dude absolutely slap them
1: around just slap them around start to finish all
0: right i'm gonna launch into this next segment because i think there's a chance that my last topic or my last question might might fold into this so yeah chris i think you know what time it is Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. this guy all right do, do you have one out of the gates yes, yes i do i'd love to hear it because i'm still thinking a little bit and maybe we're going the same direction like that's kind of why i wanted to hear it
1: well we might be but my uh my tfg of the week is one mr james franklin Uh <laughs> this who, guy all discombobulated in the michigan tunnel so i'm down in the tunnel and i'm I'm going into like, you know, where the media room is, the camera room is, and I'm getting my shit all, you know, I'm charging my batteries or whatever. And I hear this commotion and we all hear it. So everybody starts running out and I could only see it from one side. But, you know, thanks to a, uh, an unnamed individual, I got to see a video of the other side of the incident. And here's James Franklin yelling at, you know, it it was, it turns out, uh, Brad Robbins had confirmed this with me. It was the head athletic trainer that, that, uh, that James Franklin was yelling at basically saying, don't talk to my guys, leave my guys alone. This is bullshit. Yada, yada, yada. While members of his own team are chucking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the Wolverines from their (laughs) locker room. So it's like, you know, this, this TFG, like get, get your team under control. Like stop worrying about what the other guys are doing. Like you guys are throwing sandwiches. Like what the hell is that? And by the way, Put a little respect on the Michigan tunnel. That's the Lloyd Carr tunnel. You don't just go throwing You're damn and right. J sandwiches. I'm glad that after that happened, Michigan came out and whooped that ass. They deserved it. And man, Franklin, that guy, like I, I haven't been a big fan of him, but after seeing that yeah. little interaction, the way he acted like a child in the in the locker room, man, he just confirms everything I already thought about him.
0: I just this fucking guy. I've always thought he was just kind of a dunce cap for for various reasons. I think he's underperformed most of the time. Uh, I know he does have the one big 10 title and that's, I saw someone say he's living off of 2016. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's that's kind of the case. You uh know, the, fle- the sandwiches did not stick to the wall. They were still in the wrappers. If you guys are familiar with the Uncrustables that come in little... little
1: no, they came the out way. of the wrappers. They took them yeah. out of the wrappers, yes, because okay. the nutritionist, Abigail, was trying to figure out why there was squished up uh, PB&J sandwiches. And she, she said on Twitter she thought it was the Michigan players trying to sneak them out of the locker room and get some smack <laughs> in and that they dropped them, and it turns out it was just the guys throwing them. So... Yeah, I what have really, just, that's a weird thing to do. That's weird energy. Throwing food, throwing I may, food.
0: I may have pocketed an Uncrustable at the bowl game
1: last year. Maybe. Was it, which was it? Was it the big 10 championship game or was it the bowl I game? Know. I, I know the what food. you're talking about. I remember seeing a whole box of them in there and you were like yeah. a kid in a candy store.
0: I was a pretty big fan.
1: Um, but you know what? Do you have a different TFG? Cause I saw somebody mention someone who definitely is worth, worth mentioning.
0: I do have another one, but I didn't I didn't see another name mentioned. What do we got up there? So
1: TMAC, T-Mac came out with Urban Meyer, who who okay. very strongly at the beginning, I don't know if you saw the clip, oh. but he very strongly came out and yeah. said, you know, Penn State's going to shut down that run again. There's no question about that. No question about that. And then Michigan just goes out and absolutely dominates on the ground. And so, you know, just, what the hell just about Urban deal. Meyer? Though? No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's all just, just a couple of backs that almost hit 200 apiece. No biggie. Was
0: it? I don't remember if it was you that pointed out this stat or not, or if it was somebody else after the game, but uh, Penn State had only given up 398 yards rushing that yeah. end, the whole season.
1: Yeah, the whole I mean, season, the five wild. games prior to playing Michigan. Yeah,
0: unreal, dude. Michigan eclipsed that in one afternoon. I mean, yeah, that's
1: that's TFG. All in that's general. about yeah. as that's about as bad of an ass beating as you can possibly get. I mean, it, it, Michigan. You know, we we've we've talked repeatedly about wanting to see JJ McCarthy throw the ball and sling it all over the field. I'll admit that was pretty fun to watch on Saturday. That that was the most fun I've had watching a Michigan game so far this year. And shout out to the Michigan crowd, man. The fans that showed up. It was electric in the big house being down on the field it was absolutely rocking and there's no question that when when those guys when that crowd brings the energy it the big house is a tough tough place to play and i expect i mean dude michigan state under the lights they're giving out the maze pom poms again i would imagine you know just call it a maze out right now i think it's going to be tough sledding for the spartans for sure um
0: it kind of a funny note James Franklin said TFG in his rant, which is it's <laughs> pretty hilarious. Actually, I mean that's why like, right. we
1: need we got to add that to the drop when we go into I'll, the segment. We got yeah, we got to I already
0: thought people. of that, but there is a lot of auxiliary noise going on. I don't. We'll try. We'll give it a. We'll give we'll it try a Try to
1: look. isolate. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll see. I'll give it a look. Do. I'm gonna go in the other direction. I mean, you know, we this do f- these. Guy. We do these TFGs on both like the negative and the positive side. Like this yeah. guy, dude. Did you see what he did? I'm going that direction and I'm going Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, who had okay. six catches for 207 yards and five touchdowns wow. against Alabama in a I mean, dude, Alabama doesn't lose games like that. When they they battle back in and then they take the lead late in the second half. And Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt just kept coming, kept coming. We were watching that at Wolverine State Brewing Company later on in the evening. I'm not going to talk a lot about it because it's another guy in another market for another team. But that performance, that game – the way that that played out, then we were we were all cracking up about the goalpost getting carried out. They threw it into the river. I mean, they were going bananas over there at Rocky Top. But
1: people were that, ripping up like the uh, the checkerboard turf. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I've seen it show up on eBay. They're selling like little pieces of turf for like six, seven bucks a piece. Correct. Crazy. Correct.
0: So I, I mean, just an incredible performance. I was going to say James Franklin as well. So you know, we we were killing two birds with one stone there. But uh, Jalen Hyatt we're on stop the stop talking by, to
1: my guys. Stop talking to us. Just come a, on James.
0: A, an incredible incredible performance for Hyatt, not so much for James Franklin and the Nittany Lions. So there you go. Uh, uh, as we get ready know. to switch to another segment, let's take a look at our uh our proud sponsor man and Rich was out there mowing photos down. He was shooting He was, he was you know, fans coming by, he was taking posed photos of us, candids of us. At one Must point I was looking into his soul inadvertently. I didn't even mean to and he mowed me down. So anyway, Here's a word from Rich and uh, Mediascapes. Yes, sir. Hey, Rich Mediascapes located in Burton. Let me fill you in a little bit about our business. We are a full-service sign and graphic company from banners, yard signs, to vehicle wraps. When it comes to marketing your business, we also provide video and photography services, as well as apparel and promotional items. If it's something that will make your business or organization stand out, we do it. And I guarantee we do it well. We are Mediascapes on Dora Highway, south of Bristol Road, just before Rock Bottom. Check out our work at mediascapes.com. That's mediascapes with a K dot com.
1: There hey, you have that, it. Mediascapes that, with a K. That is a 40, strong, strong photo that you use there. For, that's,
0: yeah, that's solid. Strong. 810-410-4737. Check them out, Rich. Again, we've said it a hundred times. He does everything over there. He was he was behind the labels on the beer. He was behind the shirts that were for sale. He was behind, obviously, the wrap on the RV um he's been a big part of what we're doing this season and we uh we really appreciate that so check rich out yeah. over at mediascapes if you get a if you get a uh a, a hankering for i don't know dude what doesn't he do we've said that it would he be a short to what he I, doesn't I, do
1: i don't think there's i mean he he showed up and and had like three new sets of headsets for us he was talking wow, about got a popcorn that. machine i mean he gets th- that guy just if you need it and and We don't really, like I said, we don't really promote a lot of other businesses on here. But I feel like if if you are a business, or even somebody who's trying to start a business, and you just need to talk to somebody who's got some ideas and some resources and who can do some things, I can't think of a better person to speak to. This guy pretty much does it all. And if if he doesn't do it, he can get you in the right direction. So you know, Rich over at Mediascapes in Burton, Michigan, just has been such a such a crucial, uh, crucial part of our success here and what we're trying to do this year, and, and very grateful for it.
0: There you go. There was a couple people asking about this, and I just want to give you the information. I'm not saying this just so you yeah, give us a lot more money, but there Brian Petrosky's asking. The only way to donate money and ask questions like that is to do it over on YouTube. Facebook doesn't have that capability. So go over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, sign up with your username, you know, Gmail account, whatever. And then you can watch us live over there, hit the little super chat button, I think, and put in whatever you want to put in. So it's pretty simple. Obviously, a lot of people have figured it out, and we do really appreciate that. So if you're feeling giving, well, that's how you do it. There you go. Head over to the YouTube page and check it out. Um, All right, Grits. We are now going to take a a look back at my predictions from Friday because, dude, honestly, this game went a lot differently than I thought. I I never would have gone as far as what Urban Meyer said and said that Michigan's running game is going to get shut down thought Blake Horan would score a touchdown. He's kind of automatic at that at this point, but to have two guys, you know, flirt with 200 yards a piece, I did not see that coming. Oh, Penn state hadn't played a lot of big time, uh, uh big time opponents, but there's Screonk that's old a- trusty
1: Screonk in the house.
0: That's pretty much a given at this point. Screonk yep. says, what do you think Michigan needs to do to get over the red zone walls? Let's get to that in just a second. Yep. Um, Well, no. Let's actually do. uh, There's, I I mean, I'm complaining. Like, ah, I can't even get to what we're trying to get to. Another one. Um, this is the second. Appreciate you, Michael. The Iron Bowl for in-state rivals. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be huge, man. Obviously, the Michigan State's not good, but it's still gonna be a massive game. Screonk, You know, that's a really good question. Oh, that that's a great question. Great question. (laughs) Great question. Um. This is where me and Chris are dicks. We've talked about this before. All Michigan is doing is winning by 25, marching over every team on their schedule, and we're like,
1: spread it out,
0: throw the ball. But like, I'm wide in our defense, they settled for four close field goals in this game. And then later on, we see a two-point conversion play to Ronnie Bell. That was like the most automatic, easy thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, Let, let's do
1: that. Let's do I some more of it. that stuff. I remember singling that play out to you and it just, it looked like it, it was the easiest thing in the world to do. And yeah. I just, so yeah, I mean, I guess go ahead. What, you know, what do they do? What do you, what do you think Michigan's got to do? Well,
0: I mean, you know, Michigan wants to run. Yeah. I, I see in the comments and um, I just got an email notification that Ronnie Bell's little brother just committed to Michigan. So that's interesting. Nominal. He's like a, uh, you know, lanky he's taller than he's taller than Ronnie. He plays quarterback in high school. I don't know if that's the plan for him in college because he's pretty thin and he's more of like a dual threat kind of run around guy. I don't know if he's you know got the got the chops to really play QB in college, but again, obviously the bloodlines are good. Ronnie Bell wasn't a big time recruit, and how he's become is one of best you know Michigan's best receivers. So we'll take yeah. a, a deeper dive into that after this, and probably talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday. But um, yeah, I think I think there's you know you get down inside the five. Obviously, you don't have as much field to work with going down the field, but you can still spread things outside to side. You can still take it from nine guys in the box to, you know, six or five. If you spread some things out a little bit, JJ's such a capable runner. He's also very good at throwing on the run. I just feel like you, you just make it easy on the defense when you pack three extra tight ends, tight ends in there. At one point they brought G. Well, Hottie in as, as the, the left guard, they bumped Trevor Keegan out to left tack. I, I was sitting up in the box. I'm like, well, they're running to the left. And sure enough, they run Blake to the left and he gets tackled for a four yard loss. I mean, like, At some point, I know Michigan wants to run the ball. They want to send a message. They are very, very good up front, very physical, but you're making the defense's job easier in a lot of those situations. So I still think spreading it out a little bit, getting more athletes on the field in space, and letting J.J. move the pocket a little bit is a better option. Or, like we saw, you essentially do an extended handoff, which is a 15-yard pass at the line of scrimmage to Ronnie Bell, and you let him do what he does, which is – you know, he's very slippery. He slinks in and out of there and he almost always gets an extra three or four yards, no matter where he's at on the field. So I think there's some different things they could do being a little more creative and not making it so easy on the defense.
1: Well, I was going to say, I think that's pretty much what it boils down to is what can they do to, to get over the red zone? Well, just be more creative. Just, just try some different things out there that give the defense something to think about, because you know, they want to run it with Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards, and they want to try to do bully ball. And, you know, it worked a lot on Saturday, but in terms of like effectiveness in the red zone, yeah, I, I think spreading it out, giving the defense something to think about, using JJ's mobility, using some you know, like a guy like AJ Henning, Ronnie Bell, some of those smaller quick guys, Roman Wilson, who when he gets the ball in his hands, you know, he's good for like at least a few yards. Like the dude's just going to move forward, and so if they can get a little bit more creative down there, I think they're going to be fine, and I I think they will. I just I I have been like, you know. I've been really, uh, I guess, apprehensive about believing that this team can just sort of flip it on and switch it on and be effective. And man, whatever switch they flipped on Saturday, again, second half, it was what sixteen to fourteen going into the half. And how many times have we seen that movie this year where they go into the half and it's a close game? It was a case in Iowa. It was a case with Indiana. Case with Penn State. And they come out in the second half and they just beat the shit out of you. And so you know, yeah, the red zone could be a little bit better, but again, it's, it's hard to complain about what they're doing.
0: No question. And, and I, I want to be clear. Cause I saw somebody say they did try, they tried the swing pass to Donovan Edwards. That probably would have been a touchdown and JJ overthrew him by a little bit. So it, it, I don't know they're, they're, they're mixing some of those things in, but I still think it's like a lot of times when you look at the formation, it's like you know, 10 on eight or something like the defense has a clear advantage and they they still just try to run in there. And like, sometimes it works. Blake Coram's really good at making a guy miss in a phone booth. The offensive line is good at moving the line of scrimmage. So like, I get it. And I don't mean, I also don't mean that they need to get real, real cute. Like you don't need to do like an underneath shovel pass or something that you don't work on a lot. Dude, throwing a quick pass out to Ronnie Bell with two blockers in front of him is a simple play. That's an easy play to make. And so I think if you do more of those things down inside the 10 and the five, you can end up having a little bit more success or shit, man, spread four guys out and still run inside zone with Blake Coram. So there's not 11 guys in there. It just, it just makes the, the numbers better for Michigan. And, you know, I mean, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Of course, when it does, you're like, ah, bully ball, Michigan got it in there. And then when they don't, you're like, you know, do something else. So, yeah. you know, I don't know at the end of the day, they ran for 400 plus and one by 21. Like they're, they're all right. But I dude, imagine if they hadn't kicked four 20 yard field goals. I mean, that dude, that game could have been a massive blowout. See,
1: that just goes to show that even in a dominant victory like that, there's still things to improve on. And this yeah. team, I believe yeah. will continue to get better from week to week. And man, if, look, I don't expect Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards to do that every single weekend from here on out. But if, if they can put together half of that production and do that combined, I mean, that was one of the things leading into it that we talked about was how puzzling it was, uh, that Donovan Edwards just really hadn't had that breakout game. And then all of a sudden he comes out and, and pops off for 170 in the biggest game of the year. Um, if, if those two guys are playing like that, and then you add JJ into the mix and his mobility and all the weapons they have on the exterior there, plus an offensive line that may be one of the best in the country and a defense that quite frankly is one of the best in the country. This is a complete team. One of the most complete teams in in the nation. And it's weird to say it. it feels strange to say that, but they are a legitimate national championship contender. This is going to come down to that game against Ohio state. And, Mm. and you know, as, as much as I, uh, Don't agree with Mike Valenny on a lot of things. I do think whoever comes out of that game will at least be playing for a national championship. I don't know that they're going to win it, but you know, it's just amazing considering where we were in 2020 coming off of a two and four year and how things looked terrible. And it looked like the end for Jim Harbaugh. And now here we are a year and a half later. And this team is a legitimate national championship contender and everything that we hoped michigan would become when jim harbaugh came back and it's you know credit to him credit to the team they've got this thing rolling and it's it's extremely fun to cover
0: yeah i mean it's
1: look we got mike valeni in the house right now you better agree with me
0: (laughs) yeah he's, he's he's talking about talking about mel tucker's nickname and a bunch of other stuff and yeah i mean I'm with you, man. I'm with you. There's not a lot to complain about. We still manage to find some things every
1: week. We'll always find but, some things to complain about.
0: But I mean, that's that's what it that's what it's about. You look at the game, it's not perfect. You know, those coaches aren't going in there and saying, like, well, we're good for this week. Let's just do I and mean, that's not what they're doing. They're yeah. they're going through the film, they're finding what's wrong, they're finding some, you know, chinks in the armor, and they're gonna try to make it better and get perfect or as close to it as you can. And you know. I don't know. I it's still that's what that's what the job is. You go through and you try to find things to talk about, and that's that's what we're always going to do. Did we hey, get another
1: Brandon question? McGraw? Brandon McGraw, appreciate it. Uh, is there a question associated with it? No, he's just
0: throwing us. He's just throwing us bones, dude. That's Money all. going coming
1: it. in, Brandon. If you got a question, you know, make sure you ask it. We'll fired get to up. it for sure.
0: Yeah, fired up. All right, we're going to go into these predictions now, Chris. That's what I was trying to yeah. get to before, um, just to kind of look back at some of the things I thought were going to happen and then just flat out didn't. Uh, I think I went uh, one for five. I think I went one for five. One for five. So not the best day at the office in terms of predicting things. But the first one, dude, because of what we thought we knew about Penn State coming in, I thought that they would be tough against the run. I still thought Michigan would run the ball and have some success. But I thought this was maybe the game. Big matchup, big stage, top 10, J.J. McCarthy's coming out party. I think we both talked about that being the case. I thought he would go for more than two hundred and seventy-five. Uh, he didn't even get close to that, if I remember correctly. It was about a hundred yards short of that. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, it's obviously not anything to worry about at this point, but we were both pretty off on what we thought the offense might look like on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I, I specifically remember saying that I thought that they were going to have to throw it out of necessity. I thought J.J. McCarthy was going to have to have 300 yards through the through the air because I thought that Penn State was going to do everything they could to stop Blake Corum in that running game. And I think they I think they tried, but they couldn't do it. And, and I mean, when when you have a running game that's working like that, there's literally no need to do it. So, yeah, I'm I'm very, very surprised if somebody had told me like that was going to end up being the score and showed me the stat sheet, I just, I, I would have been blown away. I would have thought it would have had to have come through the air and that JJ was going to have to do it with his arm. But again, credit to those two guys. We thought it in in the off season leading up. I, and I remember saying this repeatedly that the, the tandem of Blake and Donovan Edwards could be, and should be the best tandem in the country. And on Saturday, they finally looked like it, and and like I said, if they can continue to look something like that moving forward, that's just going to be a difficult thing for defenses to have to stop. That's that's two elite running backs in the backfield.
0: Yeah, JJ finished with just 145 yards, no touchdowns in a pick. I mean, like that's not
1: 24, so still you know completion. Yeah, are, yeah.
0: But that's, I mean, nobody's writing home about that stat line from a quarterback. And I thought he was just going to have to do a lot more. And he didn't because the running game was so dominant. So that leads me to my next point. I've gotten to the point where, dude, Blake Coram is like minus 500, minus 600 to score a touchdown each week if you're a betting person. I thought he would score a touchdown despite... Penn state having this number five rush defense. I was like, dude, I don't care what numbers next to their name he's getting in the end zone. And he did twice. And so did Donovan Edwards. So, I mean, at this point, like Blake's just scoring that's every week.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's in, in, I hate to keep saying this, but I, I reflect back on one of the shows when we were talking about wanting Michigan to open it up. And I, I said repeatedly, Blake Coram is a known commodity. You know what you're going to get from him, whether it's at home on the road that's what he is man he is guaranteed at this point 100 plus yard rusher he's gonna find the end zone he's just too damn talented um and then again you add uh jj a fraud what the what is this hold on i'm getting a little bit of an echo i'll come in, come out and then we'll address michael william there
0: (laughs) okay well i got a couple things i'll talk about while you're out of here good good friend of the show eric upchurch uh chris actually probably has spent a little time with you this year down there eric if fellow photographer on the Michigan sidelines. Thanks for that. Well, wish and hope all is well with you as well. And then there's uncle Mikey again. Yeah. I think I was talking about this up in the box. It looked like, actually, I think it was back to back plays, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards got up a little gimpy, but they both carried the ball again after that. And then down the tunnel in the post game, they were, you know, Michigan stayed on the clock and they're, I, I think they're, I, they're fine. Plus they got a buy coming up. If they are a little bit nicked, they'll be good to go. I mean, we, I don't even know if they were asked about it at all during the post game co- press conference, I didn't hear anything. So I probably a non-issue if I had to guess, but okay. Yes. Chris back to you, JJ.
1: Well, yeah, th- I, I think he was addressing somebody else. So that's, yeah, oh, that's okay. Okay. And, and if, and if, uh, if Blake Korn was dinged up a little bit, I mean, I saw the video of him coming, you know, running through the tunnel and he was very yeah. adamant. He said, uh, it's on the state now. And and these guys yeah. are locked in. I know that there's a bye week but again, I know Michigan is not very good. Um, but This team, they—we heard it during uh, Big Ten media days when we went down to Indy and we talked to them. Michigan State has been circled for a very long time, and it's been a long time since Paul Bunyan's been here, and they've had to hear a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Tuck coming and all this other bullshit. And and I think these guys are anxious for this game, and so I don't expect a letdown at all. And and uh, yeah, I think we're gonna see more of the same, man. It's—I hope, I hope it's gonna be an ugly evening. In Ann Arbor, if this thing is close, I'm going to be, even if it's a close win for Michigan, I'm going to be shocked. Anything than an outright bludgeoning is going to be surprising to me.
0: I just, given how it just looked against Penn state, there's no way Michigan doesn't win that by three touchdowns. I mean, I
1: put out the, I put out the numbers. Did you see where Michigan state is ranked? Like all of these. So I'll just run through it. Total defense. Michigan state ranked number one Oh three in the country Pass defense one Oh seven rush defense number 80 total offense one Oh three. I mean, you're talking rushing offense 116th in the nation. These guys are like bottom of the barrel bad. Like I knew they were bad, but I put out an article earlier yeah. today. I had no idea that Michigan state was that bad. We've said this before leading up. There is absolutely no excuse for Jim Harbaugh to go, zero and three against Mel Tucker. Like this has to be a W and a convincing one at that.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's any question on the flip side. I thought Nick Singleton, Penn state's talented running back would also find his way into the end zone. He did not. And he did not have a good day credit to Michigan's rush defense. Nick Singleton finished with a whopping 19 yards on six carries. So he was shut down all day. And in fact, this is that thing we've talked about before. I'm not taking it away. Sean Clifford's 62-yard run was a beautiful play design. He kept it perfectly and executed a very, very nice zone read and, and almost scored on it. But outside of that run, they had 49 yards. I mean, like yeah. Michigan was locked in against the run game, and Nick Singleton was, he was non-existent. I mean, that's their star, five-star running back, has two or three touchdowns of more than 50 or 60 yards this year, and he was, he was a non-factor.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, credit to the Michigan defense. We were unsure of what it was going to look like. And a lot of people were like, well, yeah, they look good, but the schedule is soft and yada, yada, yada. And there's even people still saying it after week seven, that they really haven't played anybody. I mean, this Michigan defense is legit. They're good. There's really not a weakness anywhere. I know that we were, you know, concerned about the interior of the defensive line. Once Chris Hinton moved along and it was like, who was going to fill some of the, you know, you lose Aiden Hutchinson, you lose David Ojabo, and Mike Morris is really starting to come into his own. The edge rushers yeah. are coming into their own. I just, you know, I, I love, like I said earlier, I think this is one of the most complete teams on both sides of the ball in the country. And I, I like their chances. I wouldn't have said this a couple of weeks ago, but after what I saw them, they did to to Penn State. I think this team's ready to go down to Columbus and give the Buckeyes all they can handle. And if they can control the pace of the game, like time of possession, I think Michigan had the ball for like 40 plus minutes against Penn state. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but if they can control the tempo and keep CJ Stroud off the field, I love Michigan's chances down in, in Columbus and, and you know, quite frankly, 42
0: minutes to 18, dude, there you go. So,
1: so they, they had the ball the entire game. And if you can do that down in Columbus, if you can keep CJ Stroud on the sideline and have a healthy dose of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and just beat the shit out of him, like it's a solid afternoon down in Columbus and you will probably come out with a win. So yeah. I'm I'm really starting to to turn on this whole you gotta spread it out. You gotta sling it. Like I still think that element has to be there. But man, those guys looked real, real good on Saturday. Credit to the offensive line.
0: Yeah, there's there's no doubt, man. I mean, that whole line is really starting to click. Um I mean, dude, they won the award last year. I don't know how you don't seriously consider giving it right back to them, even though there's two new pieces in there. Yeah with the way that it's gone and just You know, I mean, it's it's been really impressive, man. There's no doubt running the ball like that against Michigan State against Penn State was.
1: uh, I mean, this is dominant
0: as it gets. for that to be the number five rated defense in the country, rush defense in the country, just speaks to how good Michigan was on that day. So, yeah, that was that was pretty nuts, man. I'm trying to throw this up. I don't know what this is going to look like because I'm grabbing the URL. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Somebody in the chat was asking what the YouTube page was. I was going to put it scrolling across the bottom, but it's if you go to YouTube and you search Wolverine Digest, that's that's the easiest yeah. way to find it. So if you want to sign up that way, so you can do your super chats or whatever else, like that's that's uh, that's where you can find that at. Um, all right, missed on this one too. Um, I thought Michigan would sack Sean Clifford at least three times. In fact, they only sacked the quarterback twice all day, and I'm pretty sure. Once of Clifford, once was Aller, once was Clifford. So I don't know, man. I thought, you know, Sean Clifford, he likes to hold on to the ball. He's wily. He thinks he can make a play. He's a runner, but he's not like 4-4. I, I just thought Michigan would get to him quite a bit, and they didn't. They They definitely affected him. They definitely moved him off his spot. They put pressure on him. They hit him. But they didn't get to him in terms of sack numbers very much. But this, again, we've talked about multiple times. Now, Braden McGregor has said it. Mozzie Smith has said it. Affecting the quarterback is just as good as sacking him in some ways. And, you know, only got to Clifford once, got to Aller once, two sacks. I don't know. I mean, thoughts on that, Chris. I mean, did you think Michigan's pass rush should have been a little bit better? Or, I mean, are you just fine with – I mean, obviously the result was what it was and they shut the run down. But not as many sacks on Saturday.
1: No, but I, you know, it, it was again, one, another one of those uh, afternoons where they were just uncomfortable. Like the, the pass rush was coming and nothing, you know, you could, you didn't have time to sit back there and go through your reads. And, you know, obviously with Clifford, one of the things we said going into the game, I know my biggest concern was his ability to extend drives, especially on a third down with his ability to, to scramble. And you saw that in the first half, that was like one of their two big plays that happened. Uh, But outside of that, there just, there really wasn't much happening offensively in obviously you want to see him get home you want to see him get sacks but if you can rattle the quarterback if you can make him uncomfortable if you can make him get rid of the ball sooner than they want to get rid of it it's almost you know it's it's just as good as getting to the quarterback and we saw the result of that not a solid day for Clifford uh through the air if I remember correctly um and and again credit to the Michigan defense man they uh they're just rolling dude they're playing really solid football and it's it's you know, you lose a guy like Mike McDonald, you lose Ojabo, o- Hutchinson, Hawkins, Dax Hill, all these guys, yeah. and now they look like they might be as good, if not better, than they were last year, and it's 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 incredible.
0: Yeah, Sean Clifford seven of nineteen for a buck twenty, not a great, not ideal
1: either.
0: <laughs> um, two really good points right here with this Clifford stuff and the sack numbers and how it played out. They mud-rushed him. In other words, they just mushed it up in the middle. You know that the emphasis this week was don't get too wide and don't get too far. Keep him yep. in front of you. Close those lanes up, and that's – you know, he's he's dancing around and throwing it away. That's how you go 7 of 19. And then Trevor Everett – dude, Ma, I, I, we talked about – I don't know how Mozzie Smith gets his hands on a human being and doesn't put him four feet into the ground, but it happened a couple times, and I don't think he was the only one. So, again, Sean Clifford's a big, strong dude. He runs the ball. He's veteran. He got away a couple tiring. times, but you know, it was a really good day for the Michigan defense. And they, you know, you don't get the sacks, but dude, seven of 19 for a buck 20, he completed 37% of his passes. Like
1: it for was- your eighth year quarterback.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it was, it was clearly working whatever they were doing. And last but not least, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this one. He had a great day. He banged through, was it five field goals? and might have had the tackle of the afternoon. The sledgehammer, Ooh. dude, was out. Boom,
1: it was boom, the force. boom.
0: I thought he would bang a 45-yarder. He did not. They were all short. That goes back to the red zone woes. I think his longest was maybe 35 or 37, something like that. But, uh, I mean, dude, you get inside oh. the 30 the 40-yard line. you're getting-
1: What a tackle, the way he just dude, bodied unbelievable. that dude. Just bodied him. You got a window oh, open dude. over there? You're, uh, you're choppy. You're chopping up. Is there a window? I'm getting
0: choppy. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at stuff on other websites. That's, I'm you know, I'm looking at go. the broadcast over there. Four, uh, four field goals for Moody, three inside 30 yards, and his longest was just 37. So yeah. didn't have to connect on a big one, but uh, was still phenomenal on the day. I think he actually was uh, Special Teams Player of the Week, if I'm not mistaken, in the 10th. Yeah, so. yeah. There you know. go. Really good day for Jake Moody. And uh, yeah, that hit dude was incredible. Uh, I mean, he came down like a linebacker, chopped that the five-star running back down like he wasn't even there.
1: <laughs> like it was nothing, man. It was, yeah, impressive.
0: Yeah, a lot I mean. of people are gonna have some fun with that. Dude, can you imagine you go back and watch film and, and what you know what people what, what happens in the room when you see Moody <laughs> making a hit like that? Unbelievable. <laughs>
1: I do, yeah, yeah, Bob. Uh, Brad Robbins was. Uh, I don't know if he was bored. I think he was enjoying watching uh, Michigan uh, kick that ass all over the field. But yeah, he, not a lot of work for Brad Robbins. He does the holds on the field goals, so he yep. he was out there doing that work, which is very important work. But yeah, not a single punt for Brad Robbins, and and it's weird when it's a good afternoon when you don't have to play much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, huge, ball. great job on the holds on the touchdowns and the uh, and yeah. the field. He goals. looked
1: great. The mustache was phenomenal, freshly shaven head. I mean, best-looking best dude on the team by far, Sorry. no question.
0: There it is. I knew it was coming. All right. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, Chris, it's time, dude. <laughs> what is it?
1: What do we got? Oh. Love it.
0: You know we've been missing. I don't know if we've missed these a couple times, not a couple times in a row, but we didn't do them last week. Remember, we moved. We didn't have a show, and then we moved them, and then so it's been. <laughs> got it. Would Ted would Ted Danson punt, Chris? Nick wants to
1: know. <laughs> no, Ted Danson wouldn't punt. Not by himself. He'd use somebody else's leg to do it.
0: Nick, I don't know if you were in here earlier, man, but we gave you a uh, we gave you an MVP shout out for climbing up on the RV for, uh, for filling in on the show. So. We gave you a little love.
1: New Lothar's five. Right
0: Nicholas, David, and everybody. <laughs> All right, Chris, you got your five. You ready to roll? You want me to ready kick to us roll. off?
1: Ready to roll. Yeah, you kick us off, but I'm ready to roll.
0: All right, I'm going to be a dick, dude. I'm going to be a dick. We have to do it a little bit every week. We've been really praising everything that happened in that Michigan game, but we're seven weeks in, and J.J. McCarthy has nine touchdown passes. How do you feel? Where does that hit you? Does it get you in the balls? Does it get you in the stomach? Is it a shin kick? Is it a slap in the head? It's not good. He's been incredible in a lot of ways, but nine TDs in seven weeks.
1: Yeah, it does it. it well, I feel so conflicted on it because I want to see more, but I also love to see seven and zero and dominant performances like we saw on Saturday. But what I don't want to see is zero touchdowns with one interception. Like to me, JJ McCarthy should always have at least one touchdown pass. Throughout the okay. game, if for nothing else, just to keep him used to getting the ball in the end zone. I understand that this offense can operate without it, but, but I don't know if I'm like, what was the question? Is it am I am I how do I just, how do I feel? How about do it you feel? Yeah, I feel conflicted. That's how I feel yeah. because I would love to see more out of a kid that I believe is fully capable of, of doing more. But again, you know what? Thieves of joy. <laughs> I'm no, no, I'm saying like, it is hard to complain about. I guess I just, yeah. You know, you 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 want to see your quarterback. You, here. It doesn't matter what the case is. You never want to see your quarterback throw zero touchdowns and have interceptions. I mean, you you'd like to see that number reverse. And so, it would be nice to see him get the ball in the end zone more, just because I, I believe in his abilities that much. But hard to complain.
0: Here's the deal. I I like the word. That's probably what I would say too. Conflicted a little. A little surpri- I'm surprised. I am surprised. We thought. Keys to JJ, open it up. And it just, dude, you run for 418 against Penn State. You don't need to open it up, man. Shit's working. They won by 21. It wasn't even a game. It was dominant. I get it. But I think if you had asked everybody at the beginning of the season, all right, JJ is going to be your starter, and seven weeks into the season, he's only going to have nine TDs. People would have been like, what are they doing? But that's where they're at. And what are they doing? They're winning every single week convincingly. So I'm with you, dude. Confused surprised a little conflicted but hey keep it moving man just keep it moving because 11 and 0 is looking like a lock at this point when they get ready to head to columbus
1: yeah and and to ron thomas's point i I don't think jj really i mean yeah i think he would like to have a better performance i think he'd like to throw more touchdowns if the opportunity presents itself but he doesn't seem like the kind of kid who's like rattled by what his numbers look like. I I think he's truly enjoying the success of the team. And I think if, if he knows his team needs to lead on him, lean on him, then, then he's capable and he can do that. But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's worried about all the individual stats, at least at this point, I think he's just, he's having fun out there, man. And, and that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. He's, he's very complimentary of everybody else and all the work that they're doing. That's just, We've spent time around him. That that adds up to who he is as a person. I don't think he's looking at the stat line saying, damn it, I need I need more touchdowns through the air. Would he like to perform better? Probably, but at the end of the day, I think he's sleeping just fine.
0: There you go. All right, what you got for him? All me?
1: right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Honest question. It's the next game on the schedule. Does Michigan State have any chance of pulling out a win in two weeks? Any chance?
0: You have to say yes, dude. I hate it more than anything. But, I mean, with everything that was on the line last year, even though it was on the road, it was a tough game. Kenneth Walker was phenomenal that day and all year. Michigan had to win that game, and they didn't. And then they got some help down the stretch, and and they got into, you know, the rest is history. 2020, it's a three-touchdown favorite at home. I know, weird year, empty stadium, I get it. They were supposed to beat Michigan State up, and they lost. Like, I would bet a lot of money on Michigan winning next Saturday, but I will never say 0% chance for Michigan State. I just won't do it. Yeah,
1: that's – well, see, (laughs) before you started talking, I was going to come up here and say 0% chance. But the thing is, yeah, I think until Jim Harbaugh gets a win over Mel Tucker, it's you you, you know, you would just – it's – it's not accurate to say they have zero chance because we've seen them do it before. Now, granted, they don't have the horses that they had last year. They certainly don't have a Kenneth Walker on the roster. But this team can salvage, you know, they're, they're three and four right now. They get a win in Ann Arbor, and that will salvage everything. And that will make the people in East Lansing feel a lot better about that $95 million contract. You know, as long as they can keep beating Michigan, I think that's really all they care about. And so I do think Michigan is going to get or Michigan State's going to give the Wolverines their, you know, everything they have. But I mean, it is a slim, slim chance that they that the Spartans walk out of there yeah. still with Paul Bunyan trophy in, in hand. I just the, the discrepancy between the two teams here is is greater than I, I can remember in quite some time. Maybe I even mean, going like, back er- to the Antonio era.
0: I mean, like earlier this year, I gave Colorado State. Zero percent chance. Hawaii zero. UConn zero. Yeah. Like, there's yep. no chance. I can't do that with Michigan State. As bad as they are, and as much as I think Michigan's going to pound them, I I won't. I can't. How could you? I mean, think of just how you know. You just said it. I mean, Mel Tucker's two zero against Harbaugh, and I didn't think he would get a win in either one of those games. So that that's where you've got to be with that. I I fully expect Michigan to win. I don't know what the spread is yet, but I would pick Michigan to cover but I'll never say 0% with them. I just I just won't bring myself to do that. All right, on the flip side of my other question, I asked you about J.J. and his touchdown pass total. Chris, if you are scripting the offense, if you are the O.C., if you are the game planner each week, how many carries are you giving to Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards?
1: I think I'm splitting at least 40 carries between the two. Now, I don't know what the, the, the dividing line is going to be, but again – if the offensive line can perform that well, and we know how talented Corum and, and Donovan Edwards is, especially, in, you know, in the passing game, he provides another element, but yeah, I would say I'm trying to get those guys the ball at least 40 times. Uh, and you can split that however you want, depending on how they're running, but they, they are such a crucial part of this offense. And with the, the offensive line performing the way it is until somebody proves they can stop it until somebody proves they can shut it down. I, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am, I'm pretty content with Michigan doing exactly what they did on Saturday the rest of the way until there's a team out there that shows that they can stop it. And if there is a team out there that shows they can stop it, I still got confidence that J.J. McCarthy can take this thing and, and win a game with his arm. I think he's got that in him. So give me 40 carries. 40 carries for the two guys every afternoon, every Saturday afternoon or evening.
0: So on Saturday it was 44.
1: There you go
0: feel pretty good about that 28 for quorum 16 for edwards that's I that's your 40-ish yeah Man. that's your 40-ish split with blake probably getting a few more he's the more established back he's kind of the lead guy right now donovan was dinged up earlier this year i mean they, they certainly looked 100 percent on saturday but you never know i mean you know donovan may, might be a little sore somewhere who knows but uh i'm i'm with you i think it needs to be in that about 40 range i mean it's As much as I'd like to see just an air attack, I mean, dude, when you're winning like that and it looks as easy, I mean, dude, it looked easy for Michigan to run the ball on Saturday. Didn't matter who was in there. CJ Stokes comes in. He almost rips off a 50-yarder. I mean, it didn't matter, dude. They were pushing Penn State all over the field. So I like your number. I would go with about the same. I saw people saying, you know, 30, 35, maybe 15 each, whatever. I mean, you're you're in about that 40 or so ballpark, and I think that's yeah. probably. I don't think the coaches go in saying we're going to go 25-15, but I think Blake's your your lead dog, and Donovan's certainly going to get his and play quite a bit as well. So I like yeah. it. I like that spot.
1: All right, we talked about Michigan State. You said you 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 know you're not you believe Michigan's going to get the win, but you do think Michigan State has a chance. Given, and I can pull it up if if need be. Actually, let me do that while I'm asking the question. Um, given the remainder of the schedule, what is the biggest threat to Michigan outside of Ohio State between now and that matchup in November with the Buckeyes? Where do you think the Wolverines are most at risk of potentially losing a game? And I'll just read it off. So here's who they have coming up. Michigan State. Oh, oh.
0: Did we lose audio?
1: Jesus. Jesus. Am I back? Am I back? Am I in? Gotcha. All right, go. So- we got Michigan State at Rutgers, Nebraska at home, Illinois at home, and then at Ohio State, obviously, which is off. So it's basically Illinois, Nebraska, at Rutgers, Michigan State. What's the biggest threat?
0: It's probably Illinois. I mean, they're playing better. They're running the ball pretty well. I mean, Rutgers is bad. I know it's on the road, but they're bad. Michigan State's not good this year. Nebraska's been, uh, I mean, a disaster. They're also coming to the big house i think it's illinois i think they're the best
1: team illinois by the way
0: yeah that's what i'm saying i think they're the best team left brett bielema knows how to get a lot out of his guys he knows what running the ball looks like in late you know in november i mean he's he's gonna have his guys ready but michigan's just way more talent dude they're gonna be double digit favorites in all of those games all of them i mean by like a good bit maybe like high double digits approaching 20 in some of those games so I guess I'll go Illinois, but I I really think Michigan's got a pretty smooth sail from here until that that big showdown in Columbus that could be like between number 1 and 2 or 2 and 3. I mean, dude, that is
1: <laughs>
0: That's going to be Whew. a game.
1: Uh, yeah. I think well, it's Illinois. For me, and I was I was tempted to say Illinois, but I I still think it's Michigan State. Party and man, I, and I think Michigan fair. State poses a a, a small threat. But I think out of anybody, out of Michigan State at Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, Michigan State probably, you know, again, Mel Tucker two and zero against Jim Harbaugh. And so until that changes, I think Michigan State's the biggest threat on there by far. And they're a terrible team, and I think Michigan's gonna rock them. And so yeah, I think I think the Wolverines go into Columbus undefeated. But uh, yeah, they're gonna be. I, I think you're right, man. Double digit favorites in about every single game leading up to that November 26th matchup in Columbus.
0: Uh, I'm trying to find something that's going to be involved in one of my next questions. Okay. Is that right now? That's kind of, okay. I'll get to that in a second. Um, Chris, I'm putting all the blame on you. I'm taking no blame in this. Let's hear Just it. for my, just for my question purposes, because I certainly have been saying a lot of the same things as you. Chris, were you flat out wrong about Andrew Anthony? and the kind of the receivers in general, but Andrell specifically, were you wrong, dude? Feels like it. And like I said, I've been saying the same stuff, but
1: no, no, I'm attacking
0: I, I, you personally, Chris. I no, want to hear what you have to
1: say. No, I, I, I think he is extremely talented. And I think if he was in an offense that was hell bent on, on getting the ball to the wide receivers, that he would be a legitimate playmaker. I, I just think this is not the type of offense where that's going to happen. And I think if you're a wide receiver that comes to Michigan, you need to understand that. I mean, you just all you got to do is look at the numbers, and it's not it's not a wide receiver friendly offense. but I will say, you know I've I, being down in the field, Andrew Lanthony gets down. he blocks, you know, he's he's doing whatever he can when he's out on the field. but no, I don't think I was wrong. And I don't think last year in East Lansing just happens by accident. I don't think that's something that just occurs if you don't have that talent. He's got that in him. The problem is he's just not part of an offense that's conducive to allowing him to showcase his talents. And so, no, I am I will die on the hill that Andrew Anthony is an elite wide receiver who, if given the opportunity, is a game changer. No doubt about it. Michigan, For me, has, anyway. played,
0: Michigan has played – I'll get to that in just a second, Nick. Michigan has played seven games, and Andrew Anthony has six catches.
1: Yeah, that's hard to stomach. That's,
0: that's hard to stomach. So, I, I'm – I don't disagree with what you said about him in terms of his ability, but like, wow, man, I, there's no way I would have predicted that would be his stat line to this point. No way. No, but,
1: but I don't think it's, I don't think it's because of lack of talent or not being good enough to, to catch the ball or, you know, I mean, I'd like to see, and I haven't broken down the numbers, but you know, what's the receptions versus targets. You know, I'd like to, wh- yeah. when he is targeted, how often is he pulling it in? And he just looks like, yeah, he, yeah, I agree with the comments, man. Andrew Anthony is way better than six catches through seven games. I, I, there's no question in my mind dude, about it.
0: There's that. no wide receiver on the planet that's like, that's cool. I'll keep my-. <laughs> There's none. There's not one.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, he might be the like best the teammate in
0: the world. He might have the best hat on his shoulder. That there's no receiver on the planet that's cool with that number. Yeah. Um, Nick, thank you again, man. Four ninety nine little donation. There, really, really appreciate that. He says he thinks Michigan State's just says F it. Load the box. Nine ten guys. Good luck. The air. Cool. That's
1: what Penn State did.
0: Cool. I think J.J. would oblige. I think J.J. McCarthy would oblige. and I think Or they, they, they
1: load the, the box watch. and Michigan's offensive line just says or screw run it, it and anyway. Run the ball yeah. anyway, which is what Penn State tried to do, and there was no stopping it. Like, they were trying to stop Blake Corham and Donovan Edwards, and they just couldn't do it. So, yeah, I think Michigan State can try to do whatever they want. I, I don't think they're going to have much choice in the matter.
0: I, I will say this, too, as I see some people talking about the wide receiver stuff a little bit right there. I was tracking it through about two and a half to three quarters. And again, I did not see one time, not once, where Michigan didn't have a tight end on the field. Just throwing it out there. I don't need to be Mike Leach, but throwing five receivers out once or twice a game or four. And here's the thing. Sometimes there are five wide. Sometimes there is an empty backfield, but Luke Schoonmaker is almost always one of them. And Colston Loveland actually got some good run this past weekend too, and he looked pretty good. But I I don't know. It just, I, I can't believe that it's 2022. You've got a guy like JJ and you never put five receivers on the field. It's just wild to me, especially with the receivers they've got. You get those guys out there and it's a problem. But anyway, I don't know. That's, that's where I'm at with that. And again, we're, we're just, we're just assholes. All right. Your question,
1: please. That's All right, up. man. We've, we've talked about it a little bit. You asked me about the touchdowns and where I felt about it, but I'm, I'm going to talk overall game with JJ McCarthy. Okay. What is your, I was going to ask you to give a letter grade, but I don't necessarily know that that's accurate. Cause I think it would still be a high letter grade, but just wh- what is your overall assessment of JJ McCarthy seven weeks into the year. I know he didn't get his start until Hawaii, but we've seen him now for a handful of weeks, and we've seen what he's like as the starting quarterback. What What's your overall assessment of his play at that position? Is it as good as you thought? Is it not as good as you thought? Does I mean That's, you know,
0: It's not as good as I thought, but it has nothing to do with him. I mean, it's very clear now at this point that this is a system that dictates what the quarterback does and not the other way around. I mean, I still think J.J., I, I'm sorry I still think kate McNamara was limited in terms of arm strength he's not the athlete or the runner that JJ is but JJ is elite in all of those areas I mean if you believe him when he say he's when he says he's running four-4 and you see him throw 50 yards down the field on a rope while he's on the move you know he's got those physical skills he just isn't having to use them I mean there there's nothing limp there's nothing limiting that kid's game physically and yet he throws for a buck 45. That's not him. That that's not him. It's the offense. It's the running the ball. When you can run it for, I saw somebody say, when you're getting eight yards of pop, dude, just do it. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But we all thought, okay, the Cade, you know, the Cade era is over. The keys are over to JJ. They're gonna open it up. Look at all these receivers. Donovan can play receiver. Back when Eric All was healthy, look at the tight ends. They got a pair of them that can run. And even when Eric All was in there, and even when you know I. uh, It just isn't. That's not what it's going to be. It's just not going to be that. And so he's been just fine doing what they've asked him to do. They just haven't asked him to do that much. It's just like we said last year.
1: Yeah, and and I guess that's a weird question because my assessment is I think he's playing his role as well as he can play it. Just as I think Cade McNamara played his role just as well as he could play it. Um, it's it's clear that he brings other elements to the table in terms of the mobility and the creativity outside of the pocket and what he can do there. I think he even just had what what you're, 60,
0: what you're talking about, right? Yeah, there.
1: sixty or seventy yards rushing against uh, against Penn State, and so he 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 can pull that off. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of you know more of a product of the offense and not so much a product of any limitations that JJ might have. And so I guess my overall assessment of him is. Uh, He's good. We know he's good. We know he's talented, but I, I constantly find myself just being surprised that there's not more production there. But as somebody said in the comment section, it's really hard when you got two running backs behind you that can pop off for 160, 170 plus in the same game. Um, and I know that they haven't done that, you know, every single game this season, but it just, you know, with Blake Corum back there and with the offensive line playing as well as it is again, until somebody proves they can stop it, Until some team out there proves they can shut it down, I think this is pretty much what you can expect from J.J. McCarthy. Super efficient, high completion percentage. But, you know, you're not going to see a lot of touchdowns. I I remember talking about, like, that touchdown record at Michigan. Like, if J.J. gets to start, that's going to be shattered. You know, we thought there was no question it was going to, and I can't, what is it, 26, 27 touchdowns?
0: Yeah, 25 or 26. 20. So yeah. it's not
1: a lot, and I think we thought once he was given the keys that he was going to shatter that record, and I don't even know that. I mean, at this point, what is he on pace for, uh, you know, 17, 18 touchdown passes, yeah. which, you know, would put him at about where Cade McNamara was last year. I think Cade might have had, you know, 15. Well, there you go. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to be much different. But yeah. that's okay if it if it if it results in a Big Ten championship and Absolutely. win over Ohio State and they go to the College Football Playoff. Who the hell is going to complain about that? Not me. Not at that point. Because at that point, it it's proven that it works.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think we're to the point now. It's been proven that it works. Yeah. Like I I wrote that. That was one of my three ups last last on Saturday. The offense works, man. Yeah. We can say all we want about throw it, throw it, throw it. It works, dude. It works. They've won like you know what is it now? 18 of their last 19 or something. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever the whatever the the stretch run it or 18 of their last 20, whatever the number is, they're on a roll, dude. They're crushing teams week in and week out. I mean, it, it's hard to complain about that. All right, Chris, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, and I think we said we might. It's kind of what we were just saying, actually. You were saying, and I was saying, I agreed. I think you know. Got to see it maybe a little longer. Do it again. Eh. Are you ready to change your tune a little bit? Is Michigan elite? Is Michigan football elite right now? In the grand scheme of the tier system or however you want to break it down.
1: No, not yet. They're really, really good. They are legitimately really, really good. They will be elite to me if they go down Columbus, beat Ohio State, and win another Big Ten championship. You prove that 20... 21 wasn't a fluke and that you're for real then yeah then then you're an elite team and if they do that then they are in the driver's seat for a national championship and if you put yourself in that position two years in a row i think it's safe to say you have an elite program at that point but you know one really good year i mean look I know that we, we've already painted Michigan into an undefeated record going into Columbus, but things can happen between now and then. And so I, I need to see, looks pretty damn good so far, but I, I got to see what they look like down in Columbus before I'm willing to slap that elite title on. But again, the fact that we're even borderline there, that we're having that conversation, and it's a real conversation about is Michigan there, I think is a testament to Jim Harbaugh and, and everything he's done over the last couple of years to get this program right.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's close, man. They're like they're standing on the edge of it at this point. I mean, I'm every, a
1: precipice.
0: Yeah, I think with every week, I think with every week, you say they just get a little bit closer. But yeah, you're right, dude. I mean, until until you do that more than just once in 20 years or whatever, we have 17 years. Like, yeah, you, you got to do it a little bit more. I'm with you. I think, I think they're well, they're looking better and better and getting more and more impressive. But you got to do it a little bit longer and a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I
1: mean. Fletch lives daily. Uh, yes, Ohio State is elite. I mean, they had one year where they did you you know, you're talking about a track record of success. I'm not gonna hold twenty twenty one against Ohio State. They still had a decent year that year. Didn't they win the Rose Bowl last year too? So I the mean 20,
0: so the twenty twenty one season wasn't elite in their standards, but like that's an elite program. That's a tier one program. Right.
1: Yeah, so it's it, it, and it has been a consistent track record of success, and I think that's what you're looking for from Michigan. So they are close to being elite, but they're, they're just not quite there yet. And, and all yeah. I'm saying is you have one good year, you have an elite year, back it up and do it again and prove that, that you really are there. And if you do, then, yeah, I think you can slap that title on them for sure, and they're, and they're damn close to being there. Um, is it back to me?
0: I think it's back to you.
1: All right. There's been a lot of talk about it. I think he's now fourth in the Heisman odds. I'm just going to ask you to make the prediction right now. Is one, Mr. Blake Corm going to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony? Okay. Will he um, be in New York? I'm not asking will he win it, but is he going to get the invite?
0: Can I look up something real fast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. Looking up anything. It's a come goddamn. on. All right, go ahead.
0: Um. <clears throat>
1: What are we searching for? Let's let the people know what you're looking okay. like. at. You He's to see?
0: second in the country in rushing yards and first in the country in rushing touchdowns. He'll be there. Blake Corham's going to New York.
1: Going to New York. Wouldn't that be incredible? I mean, just the hard worker, blue-collar guy, like, yeah. just does his thing week in and week out. I'm with you, man. I think he's on a path. I just don't see a scenario where he slows down. I think he's found his groove. He's found his mojo. You can see when he gets in the open field, he puts people on skates. He can stop on a dime. He's got a little bit of that Barry Sanders shaking shimmy in him. Hard guy to bring down, hard guy to tackle, certainly a hard guy to catch in the open field. And I think with that offensive line, he's going to get several more opportunities to break off big runs. I think Blake Corm is also in New York by season's end.
0: I didn't real I was wondering where he was in yard in yardage. I was I knew he was up there with the touchdowns. So he obviously had the 5 and 1 game and he scores every week. He's yeah. still leading the country in touchdowns with 13 and he's just he's just 100. Eh, he's pretty he's quite a bit behind Chase Brown, dude. The running back for Illinois is leading the nation in rushing. He's already over 1000 yards. Blake Corham's at 901 so very likely will be up over the 1000 yard mark against Michigan State which would yep. be fantastic. So yeah, that's uh that's a really really good start for him obviously finding the end zone at will. So I'll say it yeah, dude, he's going to be there. So that would be and, back-to-back
1: know, seasons with Michigan sending somebody to New York for the Heisman Trophy you, ceremony.
0: Whether you think it should be this way or not, being on a really good team matters and he is. He they're going to be, you know, they're going to keep winning and he's going to be a big part of it. So yeah, I think you could throw that up there. All right, last but not least for me, Chris. And this number might be out there somewhere. I was looking on my phone. I was looking around on the, on the Internet, and I couldn't find it. So, everybody, just shh, be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't type anything just yet. I want Chris <laughs> to give his guess first. Chris, we've already talked about it a little bit, the elite question, you know, what this looks like, what they're marching yeah. towards in November. What would you put the spread at for Michigan-Ohio State today? Don't say anything, everybody. Keep it to yourselves. This is for Chris only for a minute, six,
1: what would you and a half?
0: At? six and a half for
1: Ohio state,
0: Ohio state favored by six and a half. I think, yeah. okay, let's see what other people fled the comments with flood the comments with, but yeah. why you feel good about Michigan. I know you do. You've said it a lot.
1: I do. But there's also something to the fact that Michigan hasn't won there. in in, you know, since the year 2000, I mean, I, at that point I still had hair. I was wearing, you know, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, like this was a long time ago. And I get, you know, that times change or whatever, but anytime there's a place where you haven't won in, you know, 22 years, I got to see that, that Michigan can go out and, and that is a difficult place to play. It's a difficult place to win. And Ohio State is for real. They are legitimate, and they're going to give Michigan everything they can handle. And Michigan's going to have to play their best game of the year by far to walk out of there with a W. And so I still think as much as I hate them and as much as I hate their fan base and pretty much hate everything about the state, except for the Michigan fans that are down there holding it down, I still think the Buckeyes are a a 6.5-point favorite at this point.
0: I'd go just a little north of that. I'm rolling with Johnny Patrick, man. I'm going 9.5. I still think it's... You know that home environment, the explosiveness that they could have. You know, look, man, if it's a sloppy day, a rainy day, a snowy day. I mean, Ooh, I, I don't snowy? really, think the snow, I don't really think the snow had that big of an effect. Maybe on the
1: this sniffles a little bit. Somebody gets a little bit That's under the weather windy. over there in Columbus. We
0: get we take the B twelve shots. Of, yeah, I don't think the kind of snow that we saw in Ann Arbor last year played that big of a role. I it just wasn't that bad.
1: Um, that's what I'm saying. That's, you know, that's a good question. Was anybody on this roster born the last time that Michigan won in Columbus?
0: What was the year?
1: Maybe Brad Robbins. <laughs> he was like a teenager at that point.
0: Brad Robbins was actually, he was actually a true freshman that season. He's uh yeah, he was just getting going. Uh, wasn't on the field much, but no. yeah no. It it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm still favoring Ohio state, but, uh, We'll see. We'll see as it continues to get closer, man. Michigan keeps running it up like this and and dominating the way that they have been. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. That line's going to continue to move. Continue to move.
1: All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Please. Listen, throughout the Harbaugh era, as year after year went by, and Michigan wasn't achieving the level of success that guys like you and I thought they should, you were out there basically saying... Jim Harbaugh is not the guy. Jim Harbaugh has got to go. We got to get past Jim Harbaugh. We got to move on. We got to modernize. We got to do this. We got to do that. Given what we saw in 2021 and now what we're seeing halfway through the year in 2022, has Jim Harbaugh finally gotten this program to where we expected it to be when he's hired? So I guess put simply, is he the dude that we thought and hoped he would be when Michigan hired him? Has that finally happened?
0: I think so. I, it's still not like a resounding like see told you. I'm, I'm, I can't go there because honestly dude, like he got he got more years than he than the normal guy would have. I mean it's it's, it's proven. Rich Rod got Rich Rod got two three.
1: three. Hope got four. Brady
0: Hope got four. Jim got six when he wasn't doing any of those same things either. And honestly, let's let's call a spade a spade, dude. COVID saved Jim Harbaugh's job at Michigan. Because they would have got trucked by Ohio State, they probably would have lost to Iowa, and I think the other game was Maryland's, maybe. So call that, dude. They would have went like two and seven that year, or two and six, yeah. three and six, whatever. Supposed to be a nine game season. So I can't just erase those things and say like, this is how it was meant to be. It's not, dude. He was, you know, when he was hired, everybody, even guys who are now like avid Harbaugh haters, even a guy like, uh, like Finebaum or like. He's going to have Michigan back in the title discussion in two or three years. And he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't even beating Ohio State, wasn't playing for a Big Ten title. So, I'm fine with where things are now. I'm still not, like, ready to say, like, this is this is all part of the plan. This is how it was meant to be. He got it there, just needed time. He got a little extra time because he wore number four and played for Bo, period. Yeah. And that's fine. But, dude, if they had shit-canned him after 2020 – you would have been it would have been completely warranted in my opinion completely warranted after six years two and four and zero against ohio state i think you would have been well within the rights of moving on and looking for something else but now we're here and what he's doing is working last year was incredible phenomenal ride for us really in our first year like covering everything yeah i mean we yeah. were in 2020 but everything was so weird it is it you know that's what it is man it's you gotta give props where they're due and when he was bad, I was talking about it. And when he's been good, I've been talking about it. So that's where I'm at with that.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I think, you know, no nobody when he was hired and, and first year in 2015, if you had said, oh, by the way, this is going to lead to 0-5 against or against Ohio State, you would have been like, what? Like, how, how? How could that happen? Right. And it did. And so I think you're right. Like, if, if you were to just take the results through the year 2020, and Michigan decided to part ways with Jim Harbaugh, it would have made sense. There could have been, you know, there would have been few people that said, well, you know, why, why would that happen? It would make sense. But the fact that he's got this program to where it is now and the culture shift that had to happen and he took his lumps along the way, wasn't an easy path to get here, still here, still doing his thing. And now Michigan, you know, we're talking about them as a legitimate national championship contender, a team that can go down to Columbus and get a win, a team that's expected to be undefeated. They've spent the better part of the last two years ranked within the top five. This is what we expected when Jim Harbaugh was hired. And so, yeah, it was it was a long and painful track to get here. And I I wasn't sure that we would ever get here with Jim Harbaugh. But the fact that we are here, you got to give him his flowers, man. He's 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 doing what we expected him to do. And, and that's all it was man this is what we expected when Jim Harbaugh was hired right and,
0: and damn it if there isn't something that that son of a gun does every other week or so that we're like damn it I think I really like it again he just does he just does something every once in a while where you're like ah, damn it Jimmy you know he just he has a little bit of that in him now on the flip side he does some stuff too where I'm like oh yeah we'll just go ask the big 10 guys what's going on with your program can we get a look <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it kind of goes both ways, but no, I'm with you, dude. I mean, there's been some yeah. ups and downs. Mixed He's feelings. a fun I guy was, to cover.
1: Fun guy to I cover. I was very
0: critical for a long time, and now you can't be. I mean, like, yeah. it, it just is what it is. You're just calling it what it is. I will say this, though, and I didn't mention this in my first answer, and then you said the word, and then DJ James from the YouTube page also did. It's taken time, but the culture has been restored. Well, the culture was pretty shitty in 2020, and guess who spent six years getting it there? Harbaugh. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like that was his first year. Like, the culture was busted and broken down in 2020, and that was his sixth season. He went all in. He took a pay cut. He gutted the staff, did a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of moving parts, first-year coordinator, this, I mean, like, and it worked. So you've got to give him those props. But I I also can't just say, like, man, he got that culture right because the culture was bad under him. So, like, that's kind of part of what I'm talking about where, like, I, I don't regret anything that I said. I don't think anything I ever said was misplaced. But now he's rolling, dude, and you got to call it. You got to call it like you see it. And it's pretty obvious that things are about as good as they've ever been at Michigan. So I think that's pretty fair.
1: You know what? I know we're out of burning questions, but that question from Will Bauer, I think we should. Uh, I think we should talk about that one as we exit out of our burning questions. If you want to throw, let's that check one it out. out.
0: Will Bauer, Chris likes your question now. How do we feel about the season if Michigan goes undefeated going into Columbus and then loses a very close game? Do you still think that's a failed season? That's a great question. It is. We've talked about it already. Possible. Oh, that's a great question. Like, dude, in that scenario, you can make an argument for Michigan still being a playoff team. Yeah. They would have been a top four team all season. The only loss. Is to the number one team in the country, probably or two, wherever they're at at that point. And if it's close, the the only thing that I mean, the biggest thing against them is that it's the last week of the season. You, there's no yeah. time to recover. But in terms of like resume and how they've looked, and you know whatever else that might look like at that point. I wouldn't call it a failure but god dude that would be a kick in the balls at the end of the it year. It would like be that.
1: a kick in the balls but I will say when two really good teams get together and lock horns like somebody's going to lose like that's just the way it is. It's a, it's a 50-50 deal, you know, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. There's not many options in between that. And if they if they go down to Columbus and it's a game, kind of like 2016, maybe it goes into overtime. Maybe there's something controversial or it looks like what happened in East Lansing last year where it's like Michigan was right there, but you know, maybe it's a call or two that 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 swings things. It's gonna hurt tremendously just as a fan, but I don't think it's a failed season for the reason that Brandon said. I mean, Michigan has looked solid all year. And if they continue to look this good, they go down to Columbus and they battle with the Buckeyes and you know, they, they lose by three or they lose by touchdown in, in overtime or something like that. It's gonna be hard for me to walk away and say, Well, that was a failure of a season because yeah. That's, you know, those are two really good teams going at it and and you know, to go perfect on the year, you'd like to see it, but even good teams trip and stumble and, and if you don't believe it ask the, ask the folks down in Tuscaloosa how that feels. And so yeah, there there is certainly a, a very realistic possibility that the season could play out that way, but if Michigan shows up, if they look like they belong and then they give the Buckeyes all they can handle, it's going to be hard for me to look at that as a failure of a year because they will still have a very legitimate shot and making the college football playoff. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, I
0: think that's, I think it's crazy. I mean, we both just said it. You said six and a half point favorite for Ohio State. I said nine and a half. It does kind of feel like 11 and 0 and 11 and 0 and then a close loss to Ohio State might be the most realistic outcome for the rest of the season. Because I yeah, see some yeah. other people saying, like, Ohio State's got to go to Penn State, and maybe they're going to – I I just think they're going to beat everybody. And I think Michigan's going to beat everybody. And then it's going to yeah. be those two, and you you let them play it out on the field. And, you know, at Ohio State with all those weapons and all the talent, I, you give them a little bit of an edge. But I, I really think that that might be the most realistic outcome over the stretch of these final – five games and yeah i mean you it could be worse dude because that that's going to be incredible if it plays out just like that you know my maybe removing the outcome of the game if they're 11 and oh both of them going into that one and it's like for all the marbles dude like uh, you can't get better than that
1: but here's the thing that sucks though when you pull out and you take the ten thousand foot view of it i mean it's still what that that would be hardball one and six against the buckeyes right one and six which if if you had you know if you had said some to somebody eight years into his tenure he would have a one and six record against the Buckeyes like that that would be unacceptable like if there was nothing else on the table and somebody just said okay right after the hiring of Jim Harbaugh they slip you a piece of paper that says that record is going to be one and six against Ohio State I don't know that there's a single Michigan fan that would sign up for that if you had a choice in the beginning but it's a realistic possibility man and and. But in a vacuum, in in this year in particular, no, I wouldn't view it as a failed season. So long as they look like they belong on the field and they give them everything they can handle.
0: I just wanted to throw this out there: we're not giving it to Ohio State. We're literally answering well, the exact question that somebody asked.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's if if it's a loss, is it a failed season? And I think we we answered that question. I I still think Michigan will go down there and uh, you know have a real shot. Have a real shot. I'm real you still shop. you know. Gonna take the Buckeyes at this point, six and a half point favorites. Like that's that's where I'm at. There you go, dude. We're
0: at an hour and a half. I'm hungry. Holy <laughs> shit! I'm hungry. I'm at my buddy's house. He's Lord knows what he's doing out there, dude. We're supposed to be hanging out. Um, it's scary season. It's time to go. We got a lot in. We touched on one, two, three, four, five topics. We got TFGs. We did. You're dumb. You're smart. We did ten burning. Qu- I mean, dude, that's, that's
1: an hour a show 30? right there. That was the longest show we've ever done.
0: It's up there. It's certainly up there. So there you have it, everybody. Thank you for uh, tuning in. As of right now, we're thinking we go Wednesday, fan-led Wednesdays, but might back it down on Friday because typically that's a full show of prediction-type stuff, and Michigan's got no game this week. It's a bye week. So we'll see. We will see what Friday looks and feels like, but we will definitely be back on Wednesday four fan-led Wednesdays, and then we'll Chris and I will reconvene and we'll figure out what Friday needs to be. So,
1: Absolutely. Thank
0: you so much for everybody listening, the donators, the people who Appreciate came out you. to the RV, everything that you guys always do for tuning in. Glad we got the Facebook page rolling, man. Love it's it. It's obviously a big driving force to what we do. So there you yep. have it. Wednesday, 7 o'clock, bring your questions. We'll be ready to roll. Take care.